0: London is not just some city. Its spirit stands outside of time. Certain places have influenced its citizens. It is not only a setting but a presence, a character in various films, novels and poems. My name is Philip Rottgas and I search for London's spirit. I think There are two particular ways to explore the powerful and mysterious place that is London. Through literature and through walking. Follow me into a secret world. Follow me to London beyond time and place. In this series I will explore its spirit by walking the city and talking to London enthusiasts. I invite you to join me. Together we will discover London beyond time and place this is talks beyond time and place hello everybody to talks beyond time and place before you can watch or listen to the next episode i want to apologize for some technical problems with my microphone uh it's a bit bad in the beginning but it's getting better throughout the talk so sorry for that but uh My guest's microphone works perfectly fine. All in all, you should still be able to enjoy the talk. So thank you very much and uh, have fun with the next episode of Talks Beyond Time and Place. Thank you. So hello, everybody, to today's episode of Talks Beyond Time and Place. Um, My
1: name is Philip Rundgast and my guest today is Robert Kingham. Hello, Robert. Hello! Um, Good afternoon.
0: Good afternoon. Good to have you here. Um, I'm going to introduce you a little bit. Uh, Robert is part of Minimum Labyrinth, and uh, Minimum Labyrinth is the creative partnership of Robert and uh, Rich Cochrane. and uh, they have collaborated on many creative projects uh, since meeting at Cardiff University in the early 1990s, and as Minimum Labyrinth, they offer guided tours, audiobooks, and much more London-related content. Uh, Robert was born in London and uh, lives in South London nowadays, I think. And uh, he's interested in the interaction between people and cities. And when he's not writing or making movies or leading historical walks or doing any kind of creative stuff, uh, he works as Chartered Management Consultancy Surveyor. And uh, yes, welcome Robert, very good to have you here. Welcome. Thank you once again.
1: And uh, maybe we can start uh, this talk by you telling us a bit about Minimum Labyrinth. Sure. Well, as you say, it's 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 me and uh, Rich Cochrane. Um, Rich Cochrane is a a character who uh i met at university carliff university uh many 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 years ago uh he's uh, he's a bit of a polymath so i've i've sort of collaborated him um like yourself he's sort of both a sort of musician and a sort of uh expresses himself in all sorts of creative ways so um it started off with walks but but we sort of we've, we've tried to sort of explore other media and particularly it was actually before the Covid that we started getting interested in audio works and um, audio books and, and, uh, and things like that. So we've been doing more and more of that. Um, but we're always kind of looking for the next media to do things in. We, we, we get a bit bored doing the same old thing and try and sort of get outside of our comfort zone. I think that's good. It's a good yes. thing to do. Definitely.
0: Definitely a good thing to do. Where did the
1: name come from? Minimum labyrinth, uh, Robert, Minimum labyrinth is, of course, from uh, Borges, um, from the the book uh, he wrote, the wonderful story, the G- the Garden of Forking Paths, which I won't read all of it. But um, if you if you if you know it, there are sort of two characters um, discussing the works of, of one of their one of their ancestors, and um, there's a debate over whether this ancestor was. Um, creating a labyrinth uh, or writing a book or whether as the book suggests actually the book and the labyrinth are one and the same and the other character um reveals that actually it is it is one and the same this is one thing and um and 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 he says an ivory labyrinth i exclaimed a minimum labyrinth oh. labyrinth of symbols he corrected me an invisible labyrinth of time i an English barbarian have somehow been chosen to unveil the diaphanous mystery. Now in this translation, which is brilliant, he actually says a a very small sort of labyrinth, not not minimum, but usually the old translations are minimum labyrinth, which is a sort of, not a brilliant translation, it's a little bit odd, which is what I loved about it. So uh, we, uh, we, we adopted it and stole it as a house.
0: It's a great, it's a great idea, great, and I see what you're getting at with the, (laughs) it's it's odd, but it it fits somehow to to what you do. So, uh, yeah, great. No, no, I I always wondered where the title came from. I mean, I could have asked you, but sometimes in between you think, where does this title come from? Now I know, now I know. And and everybody who's watching also knows it. Um, So, as Minimum Labyrinth, I already said that, and you already explained it a bit, you, you offer a variety of London-related content and, and things and uh, you also offer uh, tours like day trips to, to Randlesham Forest. I think, is it called Randlesham? Is it, it is Run-
1: indeed, absolutely, yes.
0: And, and you also offer tours like the, the Drury Lane Walk and uh, you do not only offer tours but you turn them into events, you also offer pub crawls, so how exactly do you develop your tours or your events?
1: oh they're all a little bit different um they sometimes come from a particular philosophy so we, we've done two walks um or they're getting on for 10 years old now all around the works of arthur macken uh the welsh author um who wrote some incredibly sort of um mysterious and horror laden uh works um and they were really around trying to trying to sort of um, experience London through his eyes. So we were walking around some parts of London that he knew, um, that he was familiar with, and trying to trying to experience it for ourselves, and then try to convey that to a, a group. You know wh- what the what the kind of London was that he saw. That that's for that. But other ones we've done, particularly. Pantheon of Pancras and, and Drury Lane, which is, hasn't been premiered yet, because we it was just about ready to go and then, then COVID hit. So it's ready to go as soon as as soon as we're allowed to and as soon as it's safe. Hopefully this year, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. But
0: um, I remember yeah, I remember fast. talking to you about it in the in the cross keys. I think you
1: said Absolutely. That, that you you were ready to, to do. It's a, ready to go, go, ready to go. And um, so so those really the stories. It, in those walks really come from the streets themselves and I go in with an empty mind and and look at what's happened in these areas of London um, and what stories they seem to tell so um, the pantheon of Pancras um, was very much around turned into a f- sort of feminist history because you've got some sort of these, these these fantastically strong characters not least um mary wollstonecraft mary shelley who are sort of living in this area and it turned into the all these sort of strong women came out the the, the narrative so that that became the sort of the, the guiding principle and drury lane just is full of drugs and pornography and and drink and violence and it's just this seething pit you love it I you love it when you when, when you're allowed to come over you love it um, oh yes. And it, it reminds me a bit of uh, Charles Darwin. Charles Darwin in his sort of the very last years uh, when he was sort of semi-retired, he he used to, um, he, he got interested in earthworms and he got very interested in earthworms and he he used to sort of put a a sort of white square, like a, a, a yard or a sort of metre type square on his mm-hmm. garden and he just used to study what was going on in there and count the earthworms and it's a great way to retire i think and i'll do that when i'm a bit older but it's <laughs> like that. it's just like that with london you can you can sort of put a square around any part of london and the stories that come out of it are infinite you know they they, they they don't end and it's it's a job to try and pack yes. that into sort of one story
0: yeah but that's a good that's a good um Metaphor the the earthborn worms and the the square. That's that's yeah. But that, I, I like this. I like this picture. I like this image. Uh, you also do or you offer two Peter Aykroyd pop crawls. Uh, ah. Unfortunately, I was never able to participate in one, but I will <laughs> as soon as you if, if you ever do them again. But uh, yep. how how exactly did you come up with these and and the rules? Well, the,
1: yeah. Well, they were the first ones we did. And I um I'd read. I mean, the first time I got into London history, I've got to hear it. The first thing I got into London history was was um, Roy Porter,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Roy Porter's wonderful book, London: A Social History. And this this predated um, Acroyd, but then I read Aykroyd some years later and was just you know fell in love with this this lyrical book and thought yes. reading it, uh, it, it you know my book as they do it starts to fill with post it notes yeah. and. I started looking at reading all these wonderful stories and thinking, I really, really want to go there and sort of, you know, experience these stories. Then I thought, let's go there with some good friends, like-minded friends, and read the stories there. And then I thought, we're going to be thirsty once we've done that. So we need to sort of work out, well, there would need to be some pubs on the way. So we, we sort of crafted this this walk through London with the sort of various pub stops and these these stories. And it was so much fun that we did it again and again. And we did it for friends of friends and then for friends of friends of friends and then eventually the general public. And before I know it, we're, we're doing this stuff um, for sort of tourists and random people, uh, which is wonderful, absolutely yes. wonderful.
0: Yes. This is, yeah, uh, this is re- really wonderful. So, was, uh, was Aykroyd one of the reasons why you, you became interested in, in London and its London history, or have you always been a London historian in a way?
1: no i definitely haven't always been a london historian i um, it was it was definitely at Croy that sort of got got me interested in that um no i, I mean i wasn't really uh, sort of taken by history at school i sort of mm-hmm. rather put off it in fact as i I, has, I had a sort of series of um teachers who were rather bitter that they were sort of secondary school teachers and not university professors and they kind of took it out on us a bit. Um so I didn't really enjoy history that much. But now of course I just it's it's essential, it's fascinating, it's absolutely critical um to understand history. And you can, you know, the, the events of the last five years in sort of populism, both in the UK, the United States, elsewhere show you that it's convenient to forget history and to ignore it, and it's 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 not only fascinating; it's you know I think it's one of the most important subjects you can possibly um, put your efforts into. Yes,
0: yes, definitely, I, I agree with that. That's true. So. Um... When did you start with minimum labyrinth?
1: Ten, 10 years ago? Oh, um, yeah. The first, the first when well, the, the Peter Ackroyd tours weren't really sort of um, billed as that. But then we started to sort of work out. Or well, this is obviously popular. People love doing this. We love doing it. Let's 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 sort of work out what else we could do. So the first sort of thing that was we we, we called ourselves that was um, something called a line, which was a a two man me and Rich mm-hmm. um, stage show that we did um a, a few places including above a pub the wonderful george pub in um southwark yes and and we we did it in a room above there which was lovely um then we did it at the um museum of london and their sort of theater we also we did it at the um uh, the theater in uh blackfriars whose name i've totally forgotten
0: oh,
1: we'll get letters anyway we did it there and it was um it was great, okay. and it's 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 a story, it's a story about um, ley lines, ley lines, yeah. um, the, the theory of ley lines as as espoused by Alfred Watkins, um, this Englishman who wrote about them. It's coming up from sort of hundredth anniversary of when he first wrote about these ideas of of ley lines crisscrossing the landscape and being these sort of um, natural. Um, not natural, no. Sorry, not natural. The, these man-created um, routes stretching yeah. across the countryside, linking, linking ancient monuments and, and uh, creating this sort of Neolithic landscape. Some of which are in London. He wrote about, and there are, in fact, you know, some some things that connect there. And later, of, I mean, it's a very simple theory. But then later, of course, it was hijacked in the 60s by. Um, the hippies in the new ages who sort of yes. started talking about energies and, and and all kinds of other sort of theories and and um, Nazca lines and UFOs that were tracking these ley lines it got a bit out of hand and then of course you know as you'll be familiar the, the likes of Alan Moore and, and Co started sort of looking at them as sort of mystical Right. um yeah. invisible lines of influence and confluence um, between sort of things that have happened in in London and, and elsewhere. so that's where we started and that's you know that's the first sort of minimum minimum labyrinth um, thing.
0: Yes yes uh, yeah uh, we'll, we'll have to find out what the name of the theater in Blackfriars was Bridewell
1: it's the, it's the Bridewell.
0: Apologies, Brightwell. I'm going to edit this part. I'm just going to put the yes. Brightwell into into bridewell. what you said. Please do. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, in in these years and, and then when doing these tours, was there something like uh, the the first of all, was there something like the most in, so the most surprising fact that you've learned about London when when preparing oh. these things, or, or maybe even not when preparing them, so, but yeah, it was
1: usually the surprising things happen afterwards because it's it's what's a wonderful thing is doing these walks and you know between ten and twenty people
0: yeah.
1: and everyone brings their own story about this area and things you hear things that you haven't heard before. The most, I mean, the one thing recently I was quite you know amazed at um, on Drury Lane the walk we come to um, just outside uh, the, um, uh, just at the end of Aldwych, outside the church, you've got um, the statue of Bomber Harris. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously when this statue went up, it was controversial and there were lots of people sort of saying, "Mm, I don't think this is in good taste particularly. I read a bit about this more because it's not something that's obviously it's it's there's a very there's a very sort of standard narrative of you know of of, of the sort of the Blitz and the war in, in, mm. in England. It's 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 very sort of you know Forty Towers. So I um but I, I'm a big fan, even bigger than um, Hogarth, Borges. I'm a massive fan of of W.G. Sebald.
0: Okay.
1: And Sebald's um, book on the natural history of destruction is about how the destruction of German cities um, towards the second half of the Second World War was A, just on a f- terrifying, phenomenal scale um, of something that, it, it, it mu- that much eclipsed all of the sort of the blitz and everything that was, that was sort of um, done to England. It was done on a, on a, on a, on a horrific scale. But his point is that even though it was such a huge thing, and that you know hundreds of thousands of lives were lost, and cities were raised—Hamburg, um, yes. Berlin was raised—it didn't form part of the German literary consciousness. It was just there was silence until, That's say, true. the sixties, and even then, he said it, it was just still it was taboo. It was it was not talked about, and it, I, I found that so fascinating because, of course, in England the blitz is you can't stop bloody hearing about it because it's right. this it's this it's this sort of um, national consciousness was forged in it um, and you've got brexiters sort of trumpeting the blitz spirit as if it's something that that you know they they experienced and mm. they obviously didn't so it's this it's this flag that's that's continually waved and just Understanding it from the German perspective, and that that that's all sort of boiled down into one statue that that stands outside um, Aldwych. It, it's yeah. quite um, that was surprising. I thought you, you, a vista of history opens up.
0: right. Yeah, but I, I know exactly what you mean with the, uh, the the way in Germany we we in Germany deal with with this period and and with the yes. cities at. this period in general so yeah definitely it's it's completely different and and especially after it happened for for quite some time there was some kind of let's let's just not think about it let's just not even forget it It, it, let's just not think about it put it somewhere in a in a box and never open that box again well this is it
1: yes yeah my my my, because i knew this a little bit from my my wife is german and she yes. was born in Bad, Bad Homburg in, near Frankfurt. And she, of course, grew up with, uh, you know, and her sort of history teaching at school was there was a blank right. space. You know, yeah. it was just, it wasn't, it was only when she came to England in 1978 mm-hmm. and she started to sort of attend secondary school, suddenly, you know, this sort of gap in her sort of historical knowledge was suddenly filled in. And of course, it's quite a shock. Quite a shock, um, yeah. 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 But that's 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 that you know one one sort of thing that's led me um through seaboard um that I found completely surprising you know completely right. sort of um unre- un not unrecorded but lesser known
0: mm-hmm. such a big thing
1: could be that's yeah. such a huge thing could be lesser known
0: right funny thing is uh if if you ask people from my generation or even younger they they always complain that like oh we only talk about world war ii in, in, in history in school we, we've had enough you know which of course it, it has to be you, you have to know about it and it's important yeah. and, and but it, sometimes we they were like oh, uh, not again you know <laughs> this completely changed from not talking about it to, yeah, to suddenly yeah, to it's, it's all there. you can to, so so you yeah. never make these mistakes uh, yourself but yeah it's, it's yeah. Uh, interesting how this how this changed yeah Um, absolutely you already mentioned uh, that uh, you started with you know doing these these tours with groups of of people with with friends and then friends of of them and uh, i wanted to know which uh, or what kind of people attend your tours londoners tourists all kinds of of people are they
1: are quite a wonderfully eclectic bunch (laughs) <laughs> so um lots, I mean, certainly because some of the themes we've done around Macken, we've, we've attracted sort of lots of Macken fans. Mm. I think there's quite a few fans of London like yourself who are fascinated by the sort of darker, yes, more mysterious side of London. And that that's just endlessly fascinating. There are a few tourists who've um and that's that's wonderful when we have had um people come on tours um and they've been in London literally for a weekend or a week and they've just picked something weird to do and something a little bit different. And that's I am so that's so wonderful that those yeah, people have yeah. come all this way and they're experiencing London through, you know, what I'm saying, which is goodness goodness knows what sort of picture they'll have of London. But <laughs> um that's 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 absolutely wonderful. We get we get lots of um we've got quite a few um academics on the walks. Um, I'd love to attract more students actually. And we do try and offer student discounts, but it's usually their lecturers that turn up rather than them, which yeah. is lovely. But, but uh, no, it's, it's quite, um, it's all sorts. We, we, we try and be, I mean, obviously we want to be as inclusive as possible, but We we do try and sort of be as um, appealing as possible to you know, a, 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 mm. a, a wider group of people as possible.
0: Yes, yes. I understand that. Maybe more students will come after after the pandemic is over and people are allowed to go out in the streets. Nobody will sit at home. They will just
1: do I everything so, they yeah. can. Oh,
0: <laughs> Go yeah. outside, meet people who do social things and, and things like that. What was the strangest thing that ever happened on a tour? Is there something like... Oh, really there's
1: quite a, few, quite, quite a few weird things. Wonderful weird things. I mean, there's, there's loads of lovely coincidences so we remember at the end of one of the walks um the thin veil of london um, we were talking about sort of um Macken's writing of the the weird and wonderful and how actually that had been taken up quite a lot in children's literature so you had um, um edith nesbitt and um lewis carroll and all these sort of people who, who had sort of created these other worlds mm-hmm. in which only children can step into him in mean, Narnia is the classic where that you know children only children can sort of go into yeah. this other world it's the C.S. Lewis's books and we're talking about this and saying you know perhaps there are some mysteries um that only that's a dog that there are there are some mysteries that only only children can understand And as I was saying these words um we we're at one end of Great Ormond Street and there's this beautiful um Great Ormond Street, it, the east end has got this this beautiful row of original sort of 18th century houses. It's this picturesque thing and it's very atmospheric. And from one of the windows up 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 above, as I was saying this, this sort of very pale, sickly looking sort of Edwardian child just sort of waved to us as if he'd just managed to get up from his sick bed and take some broth. And he sort of waved at us and then drew the curtains and, and everyone said how did you do that how did you <laughs> how, how did you do that and, and they thought i'd set it up to of the, so there's these lovely coincidences um on rendlesham when we were obviously talk, telling the story of the the 1980 ufo incident um we we walked to the edge of one field where the landing had been and and at the other side of the field it, it, you could see in the trees it was it was clearly a sort of a jcb um doing logging but it was it was dusk so it had all its lights on and it was just these sort of silent moving lights just Great. through the trees and everyone was sort of turning to me go how did you do that you what what are you how are you doing i said nothing to do with me i said it's it's um uh, we're gonna we're gonna try and contact them now
0: <laughs>
1: and um that was, yeah. but the weirdest thing answering your question at last the weirdest thing was can you hear me above my dog by the I way
0: can hear you. It's a great, Excellent. great have a kind of dog
1: lovely background that's rita who's mad she's a battersea dog's home um uh, <laughs> rescue dog she's, she's mad um, anyway the weirdest thing i think that where i felt weird um it was one of the peter Aykroyd pub crawls so we've been doing it a few years and i was on my way there um i was feeling you know really you know, ready to go on a pub call very really excited really sort of buoyant, really ready to tell some stories and really take london by the scruff of the neck yes and i got lost i got lost well,
0: yeah. in london
1: i got lost <laughs> and it was just it was around that there's a sort of maze of streets around St, St bartholomew's mm. and i sort of took a shortcut and i thought i don't know what i don't know where i am where i how do i get out of? and i was sort of five minutes i was wondering and it was quite creepy because I thought it was as if London was this god right. that was punishing, punishing me for my hubris and thinking that I was sort of, you know, in control as if it was saying, no, you, you are a, a worm and, right. you know, before London and, and London is this sort of mysterious god and um, you need to learn your lesson. And I, it was generally thinking, i Better respect London a little bit more after that, not be quite so
0: cocky. Yes, I completely understand that, and I think you're right. <laughs> I think London said, "No, no, 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 no." Uh,
1: absolutely, no, no, no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I think if you ask me, but it's it's just I'm I'm looking at it from the outside. I think it's it's a goddess. It's not a god. I think it's female. But
1: uh, well, very possibly, very do possibly, you I might an have an
0: opinion on that. <laughs>
1: well that's a whole theological question and i i right. i I've, 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 i i'd have to gather evidence and i don't know it's it's it, of course it, peter Ackroyd points out that um most rivers are female but of course you've got old father thames so for right. some reason and so i always associate london as being male um it, it's it's it, it does seem to be male i think it's sort of um unreasonable and um <laughs> irrational and it has all the sort of you know it has has a lot of masculine qualities it's violent and it's um you know it's so i am gonna go for it's 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 a man god a boy god i don't know
0: yeah a boy maybe i'm gonna this is interesting because i talked to to some people about it and uh, different everybody has of course his or her own opinion but uh, right now i have like it's it's equal between it's a female and then the male God or a female or a male city, uh, which is uh, basically leads to to the topic uh, we want to talk about, which is one of the reasons why I invited you to talk about uh, pagan London in the documentary yeah. you made. But first of all, I wanted to ask you another thing, uh, and I wanted to talk with you about the project for an the the proper ah. song, and the music video uh, to commemorate Thomas de Quincy's tragic love with n of oxford street uh maybe you can tell a bit about the story behind the song and the project and for those of you who haven't seen it i'm going to put of course the video into uh the description so you can all see it and, and
1: well it was obviously I, it was it came from um me reading um thomas de quincey's confessions of an Opium Eater, which is quite quite sort of wonderful book very lyrical Mm-hmm. and an elegac, and, and I, I came to it I came to Sir Thomas de Quincy like Arthur Macken as being a sort of visionary of London that that that, that Peter Ackroyd had written about so I read I read some of his works and oh, it's a very tragic story um Thomas de Quincy is not a particularly is not a character you warm to he 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 feels like someone that turns up at your house and doesn't leave mm-hmm. <laughs> um he's interesting i mean he's interesting the, the writing is effusive and wonderful um so he wrote this you know he, he wrote this 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 um narrative about his his drug escapades um in london which were all pretty sort of bleak and tragic mm-hmm. uh, and particularly this encounter this very poignant encounter with this young prostitute um called Anne, and um i i I thought what I will do is write a prog rock song about it and I was still else? not sure I, what else can you how else can you respond to something like that I what else can you do exactly i mean it's it's the only natural response so i um wrote it's the only one i've sort of I, so i sat down I, it was it was um i'll tell you how i wrote it i was i was working at the time in an office on king william street Mm-hmm. which just leads from bank to london bridge um and so at lunchtimes i used to go into um the very wonderful st mary walnoth which is next to my office um the Hawksmoor oh, church
0: so
1: right uh, big, big, and it's a beautiful building um and it had a piano in it, it had a, a, a rickety old piano so i used to sort of sit down there and sort of write this song in, at lunchtimes. um <laughs> What a location! Then to write this, the, this wonderful, wonderful yes. location. So we, we we actually premiered it, um, the song in St Mary Warnoff. We did a sort of lunchtime concert. It was myself and um, the wonderful Nicholas Haidu mm-hmm. the musical genius who usually plays keyboard in in the band I've been in, uh, but in this case he had his double bass. Um, Bertha, Big Bertha, <laughs> and um, she sounds great, uh, especially in the echoey residence. We always had a wonderful. Um, Alto saxophonist uh, Simon Dickens, who was playing that. So we, we, we pre it in the public place. Since then, we, we recorded the studio with um, the, the, the members of, um, uh, well, for many years. We haven't, we haven't geeked for uh, nine years, but I have also been in a band um, called Hobo Erotica.
0: Oh, um, yeah.
1: And Hobo, <laughs> Hobo Erotica are a seven piece, uh, were, I should say, a seven piece comedy, comedy funk band. And uh, so we recorded um, Fran and that was great, um, but I really wanted to do something more with it. And the drummer, um, who I must introduce you to, because you are—he is the British version of you, um, okay. Philo, Philip O'Donnell. Phil O'Donnell. Let's call him Phil. Um, he's a drummer. He's also a filmmaker. I, I admit him as a filmmaker, so he 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 um, he filmed the film, um, and I sort of directed it. And my daughter was in. Um, a great um sort of Saturday morning dance and drama class that she did so I, I sort of sort of recruited two of the sort of um two of the older uh students in there and said would you up would you be up for playing a uh drug adult uh, 18th century writer and a young prostitute and of course they said yes, yes um course. there's a wonderful contact we had, Jessica Lemp who's a costume designer she helped us get the look right we filmed it it was great and it was such a laugh um and it's yeah i'm happy with the result given the budget was zero yes. um apart from like a few hundred quid for the hiring of the costumes i you know it was great fun and i'll, I'll do it again if anyone yeah. paid me to but i doubt they will
0: maybe we'll, we'll see we'll see what happens <laughs> especially after this talk but
1: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, who's out we'll there know. yes someone's out there who wants to do that
0: yeah yeah but i, I really like it I, I really like it and of course there's the little reference to from hell in there I'm
1: not now, just spoil l-
0: anybody because
1: uh, look out I'm for a... that hmm? yes but you're saying to the to the audience look out for that
0: right right
1: look so, out for yeah, that yeah. reference
0: right
1: extra points
0: extra points yes <laughs> okay let's talk a bit about paying in london the hey london. documentary because in 2018, I think it was in 2018, yes. you, you made this documentary called Pagan London, a 12-part documentary film series exploring London's historical, myth- mythical, and contemporary pagan connections. Uh, you did it in collaboration with the award-winning filmmaker Jeremiah Quinn, and it can be viewed on Londonist's YouTube channel, and I think it is a brilliant documentary. Uh, it basically was one of the... I. I use a document, documentary before I knew you, you, of course, I, I saw it and I thought, oh, this, this is interesting. And I, uh, I like the, the way the, you, you present and, and narrate it, uh, because it's a mixture of kind of calm and informative present, presentation, and then some, some python moments where you sometimes would expect Eric Idle to be the presenter. I, I really like, yeah, I really, I really like the approach you of the, of the I
1: don't burst into song, I don't, there are no songs as... Uh, right,
0: but yeah...
1: Do you think I should have, did I miss a trick?
0: Should I no, have done you, a little no, use did, of... It, it, uh, yeah. I don't think, no. You, you, did, you did the prog rock song, so this is, <laughs> this yeah. is
1: also... Uh, let's keep that to one side, yeah. Right, yeah.
0: So where did the idea for the documentary come from, and how did it develop?
1: Well, it, the inspiration came, let me reach for my book, of course, from the wonderful um Ronald Hutton Mm -hmm. who has written um some wonderful books um this one particular obviously Pagan Britain which which is which which covers the whole of Britain and it's it's what we know about Pagan Britain and what what is surprising is there's a lot we don't know there's a huge amount we don't know so he's having to take tiny tiny bits of archaeological and historical evidence and extrapolate from that well what what can we infer from that it's it, it it's just a wonderful job he does um i did meet him once actually just by oh. chance um on on um <laughs> it was a few years ago on may day and i was following the the may day celebrations as they went through greenwich so there was lots of morris dancers and um a green man and lots of drinking so i had a, a very brief um drink with ronald partners a lovely lovely man and um i sort of outlined i is that before i would made it and i said look i love your book and i'm thinking of doing this sort of series and he he didn't um try and dissuade me at that point so he said good luck with that so i took that as an omen to to carry on yes but it was it was it was that and and then i sort of um i was talking with londonists We've, we've been doing sort of we've been good friends Minimum Labyrinth and Londonist have been very good friends for 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 time immemorial um and so I had a chat with them and said so like, you know thinking of doing this thing you know would you can I offer it to you would you like to um distribute it and put it up on your website and it was it was very much their thing obviously they 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 love all things weird and 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 Londonist and they like clicks they love clicks they like clicks as much as they like London so they <laughs> they, they they yeah they went for that so th- that's where it came from
0: okay yeah yeah i wanted to ask you how how this happened if they approach you or you approach them yeah you you approach them yeah and um yeah as i said you worked with uh, with jeremiah quinn have you always been interested in in the topic in in pagan britain in in a way or pagan london if you like
1: well it's it's always been a a yeah i mean it's always been it's always been there as a sort of interesting theme in a lot of the things we've been doing but it's 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 wider than paganism it's it's anthropology i think and it's trying to understand how how, how i mean i'm fascinated by how humans make sense of the world and religion is one of those things and, and and sort of paganism and another and the other theme is sort of that we keep coming across is is um uh, it's a kind of nostalgia for a simpler time it's um and that, that there's what we were exploring in the line, it was it was looking back to a time when things were simpler obviously these golden ages don't exist they're all constructs right. they're all things that you, you 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 sort of daydream about to sort of try and make your present life better but paganism is one of those things because i think you know christianity is so sort of been so prevalent that there's been a backlash and certainly since sort of 18th to 19th well into the 20th and now 21st centuries there's been this there's been this feeling of, or oh, perhaps there's something different and mm. um, Christianity represents the mainstream and therefore I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be a cool hipster and, and, and sort of look at what else is there. It's a, there's a little bit of that in, in, um, in, in what's driving people to seek other things. And I'm not sort of deriding modern paganism at all. It's, it's just, there's, there's a feeling of thinking, is Christianity all there is? Is there something older? Is there mm. something deeper? that we can, I think that's what that, that's where a lot of the sort of interest in it comes from. So that was all in and amongst the things we were looking at. And then it was coming to Ronald Hutton's works when I first realised actually a lot of things I'd taken for granted about um, the way that pagan symbolism had had sort of been co-opted by christianity actually a lot of that was nonsense and a lot of it was created artificially in the 18th and 19th centuries so you've got um people added you know people actively searching and trying to create these links that perhaps aren't there and, and ron hutt is very keen to sort of promote the the, the evidence which says mm-hmm. actually there's not a continuity you know you've got things yes you've got pagan things happening yes and you've got people in the 19th century dressing up and 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 standing on hills singing which is great but it's it's not a continuity it's a recreation it's it's a new thing and it's in itself it's great and it's you know this it's it's not to say it's wrong or it's sort of um um it's unethical or it's incorrect to do that it's just it's an active creation it's a new thing so i was interested in that and that that sort of put all this all these things i thought i knew in a completely new light so um having read the book i thought well why don't we try and tell a bit of that story just with london just and just see what does london tell us if we if we look at that right
0: yeah yeah i mean uh, you um in the documentary you you mentioned um the Welsh guy Morgan Mo- Morgani, I-, I forgot
1: his name sorry um, who, who made a uh, kind of yes.
0: a, a, uh, who created Druidry for in the 19th century he made a lot of things up that people then thought was were were I think Well, they
1: passed of... down and, and, and people don't look at the origin they're just sort of seeing the what's happened right. since then assume it's 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 all authentic but it's yeah. um you know it's it's like the it's like the kilt it's the same sort of thing as the kilt which you know you assume is sort of medieval, and um, this ancient Scottish symbol, and you know the tartan is this ancient. So the tartan is more accurate than the kilt. Yeah. I'm talking about the, the, the tartan of the kilt, really. And it's not. It's a. It's invention. It's a nationalist invention of you know the 18th and 19th centuries, and it's not. It's not that old. Yeah, but it's it's
0: fascinating to to, to deal with these things and and
1: find it is. It out is absolutely fascinating things
0: because yeah, when you look little further than you normally do and then, yeah so it is I, I already said that it is a, a 12 part series and then you cover 12 different locations in and around uh, uh, london connected to to paganism uh, in the documentary so how, how did you choose the the locations how did you say i want 12 locations or did you have to research a lot or was there so much to, to choose from how did you choose the locations for the documentary
1: well as it, as they say in the clickbait the answer may surprise you um because i could only find 12 locations in london that had genuine links to it to, to ancient paganism i mean there are there are many more ancient sites in london but only 12 that had an element of worship or, or an element of mysticism mm-hmm. something that can be linked to some form of paganism that has been seen elsewhere so i I could only find 12 now I'm not a professional archaeologist historian so so doubtless there are a few that I missed but um, those are the only ones I could find um, if there were more it would have been a 16 part or a 20 part series so who knows if, if other people can uh, point me in, in the direction of my errors then perhaps there's more to explore.
0: Yeah, you can do a second, a second uh, documentary or a second. Who knows, yeah. And I also thought if you mentioned the, but the, uh, we can talk about this in a minute, the, the modern day uh, uh, counterculture and, and, and music and th- this is kind of modern day pagan pagan London and that you could do an, a series just about that, but that's a different topic in Norway. So yeah, okay, so 12 locations, but yeah, but I, I think it's interesting because they're all kind of, very special kind of different. You also, of course, mentioned the the area of, of Bloomsbury and, and the area of Seven Dials. They were a bit of the the center of spiritual London in a way, um, because you yeah, had the Yard of the Golden Dawn, and the Swedenborg Society, and, and things like that. So, is there anything especially pagan about these these areas? Why is this the the area of of uh, of spiritual London?
1: Well, that's that's. <laughs> to give him credit i mean that that sort of um is peter ackroyd's comment uh who who sort of says london has always been a place of spiritualism and um he (laughs) talks about these areas and um and it's great and and you walk around them and then you can't see them as anything but that you know once once you've read his sort of description of these sort of um the quacks and the um the astrologers and the um the, the 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 medicine men and the sort of uh, snake oil salesmen that sort of populated this area you, it's in your head and you walk around now and you, you do see sort of wonderful mystical elements and you've got new age shops there and you, you can buy some crystals and you can buy some joysticks and uh, uh, and it's it's as if there's you know there's this there's been this continuity but it's an active it's an active sort of um, continuity. So once you've read At then you're kind of stuck with that idea in your head, and it's hard to walk around London without seeing it. But if you were to say, "Is it really there? Does it really exist?" It's it's hard to say. I mean, you've, you've, you, I guess you've, you've, it's impossible for me to answer because you've got to, you've got to be someone who's never never seen that before, and yeah. um, you know, would would you know? It, it, would you have the same feeling if you if you had no knowledge of this place i like to think you do because you you do walk around cities you walk around london in particular and you do feel things and you you do without getting too psychogeographic you do have sensations and you do have impressions and sometimes it's hard to put those in in in, in, in words um, and sometimes later you read about the history of an area and it sort of it has a certain resonance.
0: Right. Yeah. That's that's the thing. I always, I often wonder the same thing because, yes, yes, you know, I also read Echard, and and I, I sometimes I think, oh, I, I can, you know, that there, there is there's something here that I I can feel something at a certain place, and then I think, is this because I, I, I read about the the history of the place? Is is, it, is this this the reason why I, I think I i i feel something or i can perceive something or, and, and would this be different if i didn't know about the the history and 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 about this approach to to place that Ackroyd and, and some of the other writers have i think this is kind of an it would be interesting to talk with someone who's never been there or who's been there and doesn't know about it and if maybe yeah. they
1: well that this comes across a lot in your book of course because you're um when you're writing about it, it's clear how much you've, you've you know, yes. you've, absorbed the history and absorbed the folklore and you're sort of looking at it through those eyes and you can't do anything otherwise and it's lovely the way you describe you you know you're very frank in saying um you know this is this is what i can see and this is what i'm looking at and this is what i'm thinking about because you know i've got all these stories in my head and i must look i must look pretty weird to everyone who's watching me sort of looking and it's quite (laughs) funny the way you've written it it's like you can imagine you sort of Yes. entranced by this sort of jack the ripper location and you know just just full of the sort of the horror of the moment and <laughs> people wandering past you going is that is he all right he looks right he looks he doesn't look very well
0: no yeah yeah but that's this is exactly yeah as you say this is how i I'm, uh, i perceive these 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 walks now i perceive myself when i thought yeah this must, yeah. must thing i'm crazy i've mm. walked through through temple bar Three times, you know, to just yeah. walk through it or something like that, and yeah, that's, that's strange. But then, in, in the documentary, for example, you also talk about the Stanwell Curses, which today runs through Heathrow Terminal Five, I think. Yes. So, uh, I, I, what, there's there's probably nothing there to to remember as some kind of yeah uh, holy spirit or whatever that there is. Uh, you probably don't really feel something there so but what what would you say in in general is, is there something like a, a genius loci to to these places places that you found or is this again it's, it's just probably completely depends on one's own uh, perception of these places
1: probably. i i would like to think there is and i, I think there is a genius loci. how it exists and whether it's anything more than the collective consciousness that we bring to that place when we visit it because we're humans and we're we're going to places with stories in our heads. Um even if it's that I think that's still real. That's still that still makes it um uh tangible and uh, and real. It's it's obviously very subjective though. But I I think places do have a, a genius loci
0: I'm, right. I'm sure they do. I, I think so too. And I think it's interesting that you what you do in, in the documentary is, is you uh, you connect. Places or, or, or idols to to what happens there nowadays, like the, the Dagenham Idol and the Ford Factory that produces mo- modern day effigies, as as you call them. Uh, so so maybe there's there's a kind of continuity. It d- depends on how you how you see these things. This this is again we we always come back back to to how you see yourself. That is yeah. a very subjective, subjective thing.
1: Well, and that all goes back to my sort of. Um... my my feeling that there is, we we love to think of ourselves as modern. We love to think of ourselves as the products of the enlightenment, of science, of rationality. And I don't think we are. I think, yes, that's that's quite a a, a sort of veneer. Mm -hmm. And there is still so much in our psyche that is predisposed towards the irrational towards magic towards religion
0: yeah.
1: um towards all these things that, that that we we haven't got rid of i'm, I'm it will become It will be no surprise to you huh? it'll be no, no surprise to you that one of my favorite books is um jg fraser's the golden Bough, in which he, he which he talks about this it's got his name on the front right uh, let's put it there so um it's been pointed out how problematic that here this is i mean he was a, a bit of a sort of armchair anthropologist he's processing a lot of anthropology which nowadays you would regard as not very um objective you know there's a lot of colonialism there's a lot of sort of um there's a lot of missionaries um, describing the over uh, perhaps exaggerating the the colourful antics of the natives that they wanted to sort of portray mm-hmm. as subhuman in order to sort of say well, well let's um, rape the land and take the natural resources and convert them to Christianity. So there's a lot of that that's sort of packed into it. That's that's a, a, that's the material he's dealing with rather than particularly phrase himself. So there's a lot wrong with it, but but I think his central argument. Um, that there is this sort of seething irrationality um, is fascinating because it it Mm. explains so much. It explains why people um, vote for Donald Trump. It explains why populism is popular. Um, It explains that there is a visceral response to a lot of things that we would like to think rationally yeah. crazy thing but actually at a sort of at a, at a subliminal level so fraser carl jung and um these people all sort of that, that's where my thinking comes from there is mm-hmm. there's a lot that's under the surface that dictates what we do in ways that we don't even realize
0: right
1: yeah yes i, I agree with that
0: uh,
1: definitely um thank god for thank god for that I'm sorry <laughs> thank god for that thank yes. god you agree well, so yes we, <laughs> We'd have a massive argument there. It'd be terrible.
0: That, that's right. It that's would be true.
1: a good pod, it'd be a great, great vo- video podcast. But, it, you
0: know. but maybe, maybe we can we can find a topic that we can argue about.
1: But let's maybe... let's pretend we disagree.
0: <laughs> I, I love Donald Trump. No, that's, that was
1: too. too, too... <laughs> I didn't 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 sound convincing.
0: No, no, just stupid. I was um, when I watched the documentary. I, I, I thought, as I, I said, maybe. Uh, this debate, what have the Romans ever done to us, uh, done for us, done to us, done for us, yes. sorry, this came to my mind because I had the feeling that most of the um, cults and, and religions that they came from from outside of Britain that that were, you know, uh, uh, they were important by, the, by yeah. the Romans in a way. So did all the London cults and, and religions come from outside or was there something
1: fine well, the the famous ones did so the roman ones yes i mean mithras um they're all imported but some of them aren't so the cursus. so you mentioned the stanwell cursus cursuses only exist in britain and ireland yeah they're not found on the continent i mean there are obviously contemporaneous um earthworks and monuments but the cursuses—these these these two long parallel sort of paths was, in which you you process through the landscape that's that's just britain and ireland so yeah. you can only conjecture why that is it's, it's but that seems to be you know sort of yeah. fun coming yeah. from this country
0: it's um yeah probably uh, that's the thing. So um, you, you just mentioned the temple of Mith- Mithras and, and, and in the documentary there's also uh, a London stone. So I have the feeling that these these sites and these artifacts they're still kind of they're very very popular. they're, they're kind of everyday uh, Rome uh, uh, London of the public image of London. And many riots have found their way into traditions and, and into culture. So what would you say how important are pagan beliefs for, for London's history and, and culture?
1: Oh, that's a really good question. I I, I don't think, it, I, I think it's quite marginal, actually, because I think um, it's, it's only a very small influence, mm-hmm. um, but it is an important one. And I think it's the thing that links them all to other things that, of you know have have shaped london i think londoners want to feel connected to london yes because it is a it's a big place it's an impersonal place um it's often i mean i was born in london but but most most people who live in london aren't you know it it draws people in for economic reasons You, Mm. you come to london you come to london and it's this big impersonal thing and you kind of want to feel connected and I think history is one way in which you do that, even if it's a sort of rather macabre, mm-hmm. strange history. It's still a way of sort of finding resonance. So, so I think I think that's what's driving the way people look at London and the, the fact that Peter Ackroyd in Saint Clair is you know so popular in terms of dig, digging below the surface because they give you, as a reader, they give you that instant connection and you, you yes. can sort of see that i mentioned um roy porters i read mm-hmm. i read i read roy porters london the social History. Mm-hmm. The first one i read i read it um when i just moved back to london mm-hmm. after after university i was living in a cheese factory in dalston um which is mm-hmm. another story
0: yes.
1: um and i was reading this and what it was wonderful readers absorbed by it um, and towards the end, when it starts sort of coming to 20th century and it starts talking about you know London, it is, it is an amazing feeling. It was almost like it was a being on a train, um, travelling through unfamiliar places. And then you start to pull in, and you, you recognise certain things about the landscape and certainly... Certain buildings and, and gradually it becomes more and more familiar until you're, you're here and you're like wow i've just arrived at you know the same destination yeah. i'm here as well and it's it's this, 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 this uncanny sense of um almost but not quite being able to understand and imagine and uh, and feel london at once as yes. opposed to through the usual ways we yes. experience it which is very small and you know it's it's where you live and where you work and you yeah. commute and socialize and but trying to see the big thing is not yeah, easy
0: I, I i see what you mean i see what you mean definitely yeah and it's also um interesting because i was uh, uh, wondering a bit what what um Maybe gods and goddesses Londoners worship today. If if there's still some kind of, maybe not even consciously, but maybe if, if there's some mm. kind of paganism, modern day paganism in in London, I don't know. People believe in, in money and in the belief in the empire, something like that. There's still some yeah. kind of, in in the tradition of paganism. I wondered if there's if it's still like that.
1: Oh, I I think they do because I think the the, the bid I get from. The thing I take from Fraser, James Fraser, and you can see in so much of modern politics and and culture is is people want a Mm. god figure. They want Mm. a sort of leader. They want a warlord. They want a spiritual guru. And they will look for that figure in anywhere they can find it in politics, in music, in literature, in in, in anywhere they can sort of. Idolise somebody, again, something, with, and, and with look Donald up to Trump
0: that.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and, and this is the thing, and this is what I like about um, um, Joe Biden is he's he's quite boring, and no mm. one thinks he's a warlord, and he's right. just a sort of competent politician. But he's not a, tr- you know, he's not a sort of tribal warlord. And yeah. that was the thing that I think people wanted from Trump. Those yes. who yes. fell in love with the idea. Uh, which meant that that was all that mattered. The facts didn't matter, the politics didn't matter, the destruction, you know, the environmental disorder, the racism, that didn't matter. It was, here, we've got someone who's a new Apollo and it's going to lead us into the new age. And it was this, this, these deep sort of patterns that, that, mm-hmm. that people fell into without, you know, without, without yeah. admitting it, without knowing it. Right, yeah. Terrifying.
0: It, it really is, it really is, and it, it's, I mean, it's not only Trump, it happens everywhere. Oh, no, 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 it,
1: it's, it's close to home here, yeah. Yeah,
0: and it's, this this is interesting, because it kind of is a global movement to, it to, is. to search it for, is. for people or figures like, like that. Um, yeah, so this is interesting. I also wondered, but we, we basically uh, had this a bit already, if uh, dealing with London is, is like, or dealing with them seems like like worshipping a god or a, or a goddess. Also, but uh, maybe Londoners do it unconsciously, <laughs> serving their god by, you know, and in, in various ways. Maybe I,
1: th- I think they do, and and London fits it, as we spoke about before. It fits the um, description of a god. I mean, it's capricious. It's you know, it's it's impersonal. It, it does demand sacrifice, Right. Uh, and that's back to some. Quincy's idea of London being this um, labyrinth that is uh, uh, London is the minotaur at the middle of this labyrinth devouring virgins uh, you know this is innocent people coming in to seek their fortune and being eaten by yes. it it's, it's this very this ancient image
0: yeah yeah <laughs> um, how, what is it like uh, um, um, today are there still spiritual societies in, in London are there still druids <laughs>
1: There are, yes. And I I mean I didn't touch on that very much because that's it's kind of a separate subject in a way. I mean, I wanted to sort of um very much focus on historical paganism, as in sort of pre-ancient uh and sort of pre-Christian um paganism. There is a little bit of paganism that runs alongside Christianity, although not as much as as, as as you might think. But modern paganism, there's a whole other chapter to be written about that. Um, in terms of you know the modern druid movements Mm. freemasonry all all of these things that seek wisdom that seek ancient knowledge and um that's a um but yes it's 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 very much active someone someone shared on facebook someone shared a video made by two uh latter-day adherents of the um the golden dawn Mm -hmm. which was something that arthur macken joined as a sort of offshoot of the um some of the sort of spiritual movements at the End of the 19th century, and you know, w, the gold WB Yates was involved in this, and, right. and and others, and they're still going. And yeah, um, um, but, but but doing videos now and offering offering discounts on merch. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, I stumbled across a our a, a playlist on YouTube recently about uh, Order of the Golden Dawn and then the modern day how, how they what they do today, and then modern day videos of. Uh, rituals and then people talking about their experiences i found it quite interesting to just uh, i'm an observer you know I, i'm not really someone who who would participate into in, in something like that it's just interesting to observe and and watch these things and oh this is interesting i could watch things like that for hours without
1: it is, pilots, it, is, you know? <laughs> it is it is fascinating and, it, and i i love it i mean i well i i see the value in it and i yeah. see the sort of there's they, it's not to be derided I mean, i'm i'm sort of being quite flippant but it's it's um it is that search for stability mm. and knowledge right um i because i think i mean rich is big on this and he's sort of forever sort of finding different ways to sort of explore this um there are two sort of modes of knowledge. One is to say, it's the scientific method and it's to say, actually, we're, as we go along, we're finding out more and more about life, the universe and everything. And we're, we're progressing in knowledge, but we're, we're getting mm. cleverer. We're discu- We're sort of peeling away old prejudices and we're, we're learning. That's that's one model. But the, the other model is to say, we have lost ancient knowledge and we mm. used to be very wise and clever. We've forgotten it. And what we need to do is, is get back to that state of ancient wisdom um and there's a real appeal to that I, it mm. doesn't it doesn't stand up to sort of rational scrutiny but there's a real you know that, that that's sort of somehow very appealing you know the older something is the more um r- reverent you should be about it and the more um the more truth there must be and i think that's part of what fascinates people about paganism is mm. the idea that this is very old you know this is far earlier than um christianity and, and, and therefore for some reason it must be closer to you know god's creation it must be closer to the truth yes. And i think that's that what that's what drives a lot of the fascination with it
0: yes yes that's that's definitely true uh, sometimes i also think that maybe with we, uh, what we definitely lost maybe somewhere along the way is, is this some kind of magic you know there's some some kind of we're, we're, we're very rational we're, we're very in, in light and, and this is very good but we, we've lost a bit of the mystical <laughs> uh, stuff on on the way and I think it's sometimes it, it's, it could be a good way of, of seeing things if we, we would include that again or, or let, yeah on well it's
1: direction. it's it's it is a drive and i think that's why i sort of um i don't agree with richard dawkins for example who whose sort of argument seems to be that it's uh, you know religion magic is is um it, it, it's unscientific well of course it is that's the point of it mm-hmm. and I, I think it kind of ignores the fact to which that need for magic that need for something that isn't science Mm. permeates people's thinking permeates people's lives not to say it's correct not to say that Mm. you know it's real or it's or it's correct in the same Mm. way that science is real I I think sort of you know from what I've read Dawkins sort of misses the point of that and 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 thinks well it's not provable therefore it's 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 not valuable Mm-hmm. but people need meaning in their lives um, and they've got to find it somewhere and if they don't find right. it you 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 get all sorts of uh, well you know, anything can creep in and you can find that their ideologies arise that are not very pleasant or right. um, conducive to a working society yeah
0: yeah yeah that's the thing I think this is what we can this, this is what, what it all what it is all about people have to find or want to find meaning in their life. And yes. Some some do it that way, some do it another way. Everybody does it, does it on its own. So that's probably the the basis. One thing I, I also found very interesting, I want to to point this out again, uh, come coming back to the documentary is that uh, water is an element that connects all mm. the sites that you 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 found, the 12 sites. And then of course as we already had that that in, in London this is the, the the strong brown god, the Father Thames, um, and then uh, maybe this is. Um, I think it's just interesting that water is the 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 thing that connect or the element that connects uh, all these sides, and that people somehow again there's we always come back to that people maybe without realizing it they still offer things and to the water they're still at the water. I, I had this image in of people throwing things into the, into rivers like trolleys or bicycles and sometimes even themselves when they commit suicide. It's a kind of sacrifice without even knowing it. And I think this is interesting because water is this element that, yeah, it's, it's the most mystical element maybe. And this is, so I thought it was interesting that water is the thing that connects all these, these sides. And I think it's a very, this is something typical for, for Britain too. It's not something that happened in, in Europe a lot, but maybe not that much. It's more of a, i don't i mean we
1: we're, we're we're getting to things that are above our pay grade but um in sure. terms of theology but i i again water is you we know, I mean, we're ninety percent made of water i think I've got that figure yep. roughly right um it is the stuff of life you know we can't we can't live without it and 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 it does attract this and therefore it has this meaning to it that um is very strong and I, you know the, the river the thames is 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 just a sort of um wonderful thing and um it does my my mum is funny she's but whenever i used to sort of go for walks with her and she'd come on some of the pub crawls um she would walk across london bridge and she'd always say aren't we lucky she'd say (laughs) uh, you know people millions of people have to travel all across the world to see this and we live here and uh, you know i I absolutely agree it's it there are other rivers obviously other rivers are available but um yeah but that's
0: that's that's true i mean it's it's every time i I come to london it's never i never really i'm never really there until i i've I've seen the thames once i've been to the thames it's it's sometimes this this is the thing now i've arrived you know (laughs) I, i don't know why but there's this this yeah, I understand your mother very much with with that. It's, it's yeah, exactly absolutely. what I feel too. Yeah, this is yeah strong brown god. Other times.
1: strong brown god.
0: Right. So um, yeah, I can only uh, recommend everybody of our to everybody who watches this to to watch the documentary by Minimum Labyrinth sure. about Pagan London. It's very good, and. Uh, I always finish the talks with some more general questions. And the first question is, what is your favourite place in London? Or do you have a favourite place in London? Oh,
1: it's very difficult. I mean, I've I've, someone... I've, I've, I have said before when I've been asked that, the river, you know, is, is my favourite place, as we've just been talking about. Um, but since you've put me on the spot, I'm going to say Blackfriars Bridge.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, which, oh, in a few weeks I'm looking at the date In a few weeks time 25 years ago um was where I um proposed to my wife oh. so um I'm gonna search Blackfriars Bridge obviously that has a very great memory to me okay. um I did yes. go, I went down on one knee on Blackfriars Bridge um she thought I'd hurt myself and had fallen <laughs> over so but I'm I, you know nevertheless she said yes and and here we are 25 years later which is wonderful so I, that's, thank you that and that's that's got a real so I have a real love for that bridge.
0: Of course, yeah. So um, I was just thinking twenty-five years ago. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a great, great memory. Very nice. Yeah, of course. Then it has to be Blackfriars Bridge, and then, then nothing else. Um, are there still places or, or topics that you want to research in and from London about London?
1: Yes and no. I love London and we'll continue to do some walks um, and hopefully, you know, more, more once once we're out of lockdown. Um, I'm, I'm thinking of a new one which is, uh, takes you from Limehouse up to Hackney along the canal. And there's a sort of few stories we'd like to tell about yes. um, that which are in connection with, I'm going to do a plug here, um, in connection with our book called london baroque um which is quite, I'm sorry no I well i just it. i just did because i'm yes. brazen brazen shameless uh, anyway we're gonna we're gonna try and do a paperback of a conversion this year because we've, we've we've sold out the hardback um and there's a walk i think we'd like to do starting at limehouse which which is all about london being this place where the, the, the 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 things the goods of the world clustered together and this is all the theme of baroque that the baroque mm-hmm. is all about pulling together everything in the world and encrusting um your knowledge and your experience with 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 everything and that's that's really sort of what runs through baroque
0: mm-hmm.
1: art and music so we're going to do a new walk there. Um, so there are lots of walks that you know we, we want to do. We, you know, ideally, if I was immortal, I'd like to sort of cover every single square mile of London and, and, yes. and do it methodically. Perhaps I am immortal. I've got no evidence yet. I have not. Perhaps I will do that. Um, <laughs> but there are other themes that we want to sort of develop um, that aren't particularly to do with London. Um, so we've in lockdown, Rich and I have written a um, nine part audio drama um called bluebird which we we're hopefully as soon as we're allowed to we're going to start casting and recording this year if if the pandemic permits um, if you need someone with is, a german
0: accent let me know about you i might do I, there you are might.
1: some Poli- there are some polish characters but there's there's okay. no i can write i can write a german character just for you for, you um, probably have
0: enough german connections already so
1: but that's all about um that 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 takes as its starting point um project mk ultra Mm -hmm. um, which you might be familiar with as the sort of the cia um funded program over many decades to look at very esoteric things like mind control um, Mm -hmm. and it it sort of finds its modern counterpart in things like the nudge unit which is a sort of part of government which is quite benign in its Mm -hmm. current form i hope i think which which sort of gets people to do things really without them knowing so there's lots of themes that I see we're, we're exploring at the minute
0: yeah that's interesting
1: london will i think always be one of them but uh, not not exclusively yeah. sorry london I,
0: maybe he's gonna he or she is gonna punish you again for
1: it i imagine so <laughs> if, if if he or she um, watches your blog i hope i hope he or she does mm,
0: bro I'll, I'll probably get punished then the next time that
1: i you um, will you're involved you're involved in this now
0: yes yes uh, so um i also wanted to know and this is the one no, maybe not the last question but I have one more if dealing with London and its history has, and its literature has changed your view of the city
1: oh, that's really difficult actually because um, I don't think it, I'm not sure it has I think it's reinforced it I think you mm-hmm. sort of start off well for me I'd say you start off with an impression of London which isn't incorrect but it's only gradually that you begin to articulate that Mm -hmm. and put words to it but it's still you know it's still the same image you have I mean I used to go up London with my my mum when I was little and would you know I'd be fascinated by it absolutely you know just entranced by it I don't I don't think I had the same I could express what that was and it's probably different as I've gotten older I mean you know become interested in different things but um as as you grow older you 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 find ways to express what you're feeling which is quite hard to I think
0: yeah that's true okay um my last question is can you name three londoners that would, you would have dinner or a drink with <laughs> <laughs> throughout uh, history? you don't have yeah. to yeah
1: okay i'm gonna no 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 i'm gonna go and um, it's difficult because a lot of famous londoners and interesting londoners are probably terrible um you Maybe. know it'd be, it'd be terrible to sp- spend time with um so i'm gonna go with um uh, in in historical order i'm going to go with william stukeley
0: mm-hmm.
1: who was just this fascinating character um from the 18th century who was interested in all kinds of um arcane things um he was you know one of the first sort of antiquarians who took an interest in stonehenge and um he was um a it was a man of the cloth at some point. As a Freemason, he, he dipped his intellectual toes in everywhere. And I think he'd be fascinating to yeah. sort of talk to. He'd be a sort of he'd be a fascinating dinner I guess. Um Then I'm gonna go with I'm gonna jump right to David Bowie. Oh yeah,
0: um,
1: because you know what what a what a what a the world has been a, a poorer <laughs> place since since we lost him. And I I just think he's he's so but he's so down to earth so i think he'd be just great to hang out and have a drink with and just as we're yes. doing have a great chat about all kinds of things I um i think it'd be good. and then the last one i'm going to go for someone who's still alive um which is simon shama
0: mm-hmm.
1: um who is a londoner even though he's, he's sort of um he's been all over the place and lived in america most of the time he born in um, Marlborough, and I just, I just, as as a sort of uh, me as a wannabe TV historian, he's just, he's just a hero, and his delivery, his storytelling, um, his writing is just, I, it's just, I can't get enough of. So um, hi Simon, if you're watching this, hope you are. Um, just like get your agent to call me, I and um, yeah, please yeah. do. Yeah,
0: great. Okay, I'm going to add them to the list. I'm, I'm going to collect all the names and. That- be, that people say to me, and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna see in the end who got the most, got the most votes. I think right now it's Shakespeare, even though he wasn't born in London, but we could say, consider. him in oh, he, yeah,
1: he's he's honorary London.
0: He yeah, counts. and then I think he's the one that was mentioned by by most of, of my guests right now. Well, yeah. So I'll add them to the list. Well, thank you very much, Robert. Thank you for being my guest today and uh, for talking about pig in london and everything that came with it.
1: it was a very nice conversation it's been an absolute pleasure and i look forward to seeing you in person when when we're allowed and we can we can drink beer and
0: right. and
1: uh, wander around london
0: so do i so do i i will put or a germany link. Oh,
1: Germany, maybe yes. I can, yes. Well, I, I'm, well I was, I, this is the I, lockdown. I was uh, my wife and I, Gabby, we were we were booked to go to Heidelberg. I know.
0: Um, talked about. In
1: May, and then and now I can't. So I'm sort of missing. I'm missing Europe, um, particularly now we're we're officially not part of it, um, and I can't wait to come back. So. Well, what what
0: do you think? Are we a- will we be able to to travel again this year?
1: Oh. <laughs> I, don't, I, I think any any prediction is likely to be wrong so right, let's, yeah, yeah. let's let's just hope it's if it's not this year then next but be, when we do it'll be joyous oh, we, shall, yes. we shall we should we cry <laughs> fat salty tears of joy as we right. fall on each other's necks yes be great it'll be great yes <laughs> i agree with
0: that so i will put a link to the minimum level website and the pagan london documentary in the description and uh so that everyone who sees this can can uh, watch it too and uh, participate in your enjoy yeah yeah, enjoy the
1: my strange uh, world world. brilliant Brilliant. thank you robert